My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Basha here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Kendra Swalls. She helps female small business owners by providing simplified marketing strategies that help them get consistent results. She's also a photographer and the host of the Girl Means Business podcast. Welcome to the show, Kendra. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Basha, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Likewise, it's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my story is I actually started off as an elementary school teacher. So that was my original like path in life was I was the kid who loved school and that was always it. I wanted to be a teacher. And so I went to school, got my degree in education, started teaching elementary school. And for the first several years, like I really, really loved it. And then I started getting that sort of feeling of there's something else, like I need something more. And I, um, actually my best friend and I over spring break one year, I remember we were painting her living room. She had just had her first son and she was showing me her, his newborn photos. And I'd also always kind of dabbled in photography. Like I took Um, I always had a camera with me as a kid. I took a photography class in college as an elective, but it was never like a, oh, this is my career. It was like, this is just something that I like to do. And then we were looking at her kids, her son's newborn photos. And I was like, I could do that. Like I could have taken those photos. Like, why not? Mm -hmm. And that was when the idea of doing a photography business was kind of born. And I started off just on weekends, kind of playing around, asking family and friends to let me take pictures of them. Um, never really thinking anything of it other than like, this is just a creative outlet while I'm working all day at school. And, you know, you you just come home kind of fried. This is like a thing I can do for just me. And from there, it kind of grew and became a little bit more popular. People started paying me for their photo sessions. Um, and it just sort of was always like a little side business. And then in my teaching career, I was still having that feeling of like, there's something more, there's something more. Um, and so I went back and got my master's degree in curriculum instruction, started doing more like designing curriculum, working with educators, um, more of the like admin side of, of education, really loved it, had by all accounts, like a dream job when it comes to education. And I still had that nagging feeling of like, this is not where I'm supposed to be for the rest of my career. At the same time, I had had my first daughter was pregnant with my second daughter. And I was like, I really want time freedom. And I want to be able to set my own schedule. I don't want to be on somebody else's schedule. Like I don't want to have to miss out on my kids' school activities or, you know, if she has a doctor's appointment and they ask me like, what is she eating on a regular basis? I don't know. Cause I'm not the one feeding her most of the day she's at daycare. And mm-hmm. so I was just like really, really desperate for more control of my own life. And so I was like, you know what? This photography business, it's going really well, but there's something missing in it that's not taking it to like the next level. So I really started diving all in on how to actually build a successful business and use marketing and social media and all of these tools 
And that's when everything kind of clicked. I was like, oh, this is the thing that's been missing. And it became something that I almost became obsessed with, like learning how to kind of put all the puzzle pieces of business together. And my business like doubled in the next year. I was able to leave my teaching career um, and go full-time in my photography business. I was making as much, if not more than what I was doing in my in teaching I was home with my kids. I was able to like be there for my daughter's kindergarten, you know, field trips and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was amazing. And then I started having all of these people, these other photographers that I'd made friends with, they were like, tell me how you did this. Like, what have you been doing? How were you able to leave your nine to five? Um, and I started doing like little one-off mentor sessions, or I would teach little workshops or I would write blog posts. And they were like, you should start a podcast. And I was like, I don't know what a podcast is. I was not big into podcasts and things like that, but I was like, okay, this could be cool because I don't like to personally write like blog posts are not my thing, but I could talk all day long. Hence why this story is going on and on. <laughs> but I was like, I could do this. And so I just on a whim, started this podcast, figured out how to get it out to the world, and then kind of reverse engineered myself into combining my skills when it comes to teaching and educating others with my love of business and marketing and combining those two into the Girl Means Business brand that I have now, where I help other photographers and creative business owners learn how to reshift their focus a little bit from how do I create beautiful art to how do I actually market and sell my services to make a living? I love it. I love it. I love how everything just flowed right into one into another. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. So I guess I want to know what are some of the biggest mistakes that you made when you first started? Oh, um, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> so I would say one of my biggest mistakes was not really knowing who I was trying to help. I was trying to kind of be like the every man to everyone. And it just, I felt like I was really scattered. I was like, well, but I want to speak to this person. And I also want to connect with this person, or I also want to reach this type of person. And I never really felt like I was ever like connecting with anybody, anybody in my audience really directly. So once I really honed in on that, that was a big game changer. So that was kind of, and I spent way too much time like rejecting the idea of sort of niching down to like a specific type of audience. Um, so that was one that I really had to work through. I think the other thing was feeling like I had to be in all of the places you know, especially with social media, there's all these platforms and all these people telling you like, you need to be here and you need to be doing this. And, and so I was spreading myself way too thin. And that's where the burnout came in of like, I can't keep spinning on this hamster wheel of all of these things and not feeling like I'm ever really getting anywhere. So I think those were kind of the two, which I'll kind of go hand in hand. I'm just trying to do too much and trying to speak to too many different people. Once I scaled both of those back, it made a lot of a huge difference in my business. Oh, I'm sure. So I know that you're big on, you know, simple marketing strategies that you teach your clients. Can you give me an example of one of your favorite strategies that you implement both for yourself and for your clients? Yeah. So I'll use um, this idea of like half dug holes. I talk about this on my podcast some, and the idea is that, you know, we I'll, kind of the idea of social media too. So you have all these platforms, right? Like I was saying, like you um, think you're supposed to be on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and LinkedIn and Pinterest and YouTube. And it's just like, it goes on. And they, then you throw in all the new ones that are coming out. And I have people all the time that are like, okay, I'm 
taking this content and I'm repurposing it. I put that in air quotes because even though they're repurposing it, it's not really doing what it needs to be doing. And so it's similar to like, if you walked out into your yard and you had all of these holes in your yard, each hole is a different platform that you're trying to, you know, be successful on and get clients from. And the problem is, is you're going out and you're just digging like one or two little hole, like one or two little shovels of dirt in each hole each day. And because you're, you're spreading your time out over all of these different platforms and they all require maybe a different type of shovel to dig a hole. Like you can only use this shovel for Instagram and then you have to use a different shovel for LinkedIn because it requires different, um, you know, different types of content or whatever. And so you're having to not only spread yourself across all these different holes, but you're also having to switch between all these different tools and strategies. And at the end of the day, you're not making progress on any of them. So when we set it all aside, we say, okay, I'm going to go all in on just this one, or maybe just these two, like, let's say Instagram and Pinterest are the two that you're going to go all in and forget about the other platforms, forget about trying to dig any of those holes for a while, really focus on going deep. And when you do that, you're going to be able to reach and find success on those platforms much faster because you're focusing all of your energy there. And I have this happen a lot with my clients is they'll come to me for coaching and we'll kind of start working through where they are in their business. And they'll say like, I know I need to be posting more on Instagram, or I know I need to be like blogging so that my SEO is, is higher and I can be found on Google. And then I can really get to the root of it. I'm like, well, where are your clients coming from right now? And they'll be like, well, a lot of them come from, um, you know, either client referrals or this Facebook group that I have. I'm like, okay, well, neither one of those were in your marketing plan that you just gave me. So Mm -hmm. they're not focusing in the right places either. And so it's kind of the same idea of those, those holes is if you're not giving attention to the hole where, you know, that there's people waiting for you, whether it's, you know, like I said, the referrals, creating a great client experience, let's focus on that. Forget about, you know, focusing on all these other things. Like let's make sure your client experience is so amazing and that you're giving them opportunities to talk about you to other people and then we can focus on other things once that part of your business is running on like on autopilot. So that's Mm. sort of the general idea of kind of how I help people to really simplify what they're doing and take away some of the overwhelm. I love that. I love that. Just focusing on what, you know, actually works instead of trying to fish in a million different ponds at once. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Perfect. So, um, my gosh, I totally blanked on the question I wanted to ask you. (laughs) What is your focus going to be for the rest of this year? So right now my focus is on serving the clients that I have kind of like going, what I was saying about, you know, the, the idea of really create a great client experience and then really kind of figuring out what is it that they need beyond what I'm already giving them? Because I feel like I'm giving them and meeting them where they're at, which is pretty early on in their business journey. And then I've kind of realized that they're coming to a point where they're like, okay, I've reached sort of the end of what you're asking me to do. What's next. And I don't have a what's next yet in my business. So I'm working on like, what is the next step? Like, is it a deeper, more like mastermind type of community? So really kind of focusing on how I can serve my clients beyond what I'm already doing to help serve them now. I see. I totally, I remember what my question was going to be. Yeah. So you talk about email marketing and how we can help put your business on autopilot. Autopilot. Wow. Can you go into that into a little bit more detail? How does that work? Why do you think that way? I want to know your opinion. 
Yeah. So I hear a lot of people that are like, oh, email's boring or email's dead. Nobody uses email. But really when we pull back like the curtain of all successful businesses, they all have a really strong email presence. And I think the reason why is because no matter, like when I talked about the ideal client, you know, like, well, you're, you know, knowing who you're speaking to, you're going to find that like, not everybody's on Instagram, not everybody's on TikTok, not everybody's on Facebook or LinkedIn or any of these platforms, but everybody has an email. When you really think about like even high school kids these days, every, my daughter's about to go into junior high and they had to create an email for their Chromebooks to get all their access to their class schedules and things like everybody has an email. And so the idea of email marketing is that you're able to do less because you're not sending out emails every single day. Just like, you know, where on social media, you feel like you have to post every single day in order to stay consistent and get, you know, brand awareness with email. You can email once a week and you have a longer, more story-based building connections, making sales, um, that the engagement rate and the high, the open rate are much higher than they are over on social media. So you're more likely to get seen, Um, And you're more likely to have people actually start conversations with you. I will send out emails probably once a month or so where I'm asking my audience to respond to me. And like the other day I sent one that was just like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, really? How are you doing? Like, not the general answer of, Oh, I'm good. Like, tell me what's your, what you're struggling with in your business. And let me see how I can help you. And I got dozens of people messaging me back that were like, I mean, some of them went into this whole long, you know, story of like the struggles they're having in their business. And then I was able to respond to them and offer them resources or talk about the ways I could help them. And just the fact that they had someone who was like actually starting a conversation with them. Whereas if I'd posted that same thing on social media, it would not have had the same reaction or the same depth of connection that that email did. It also feels more personal. So a lot of times like people are like, oh, this was written just to me. It feels like a friend sending me like a little letter. And the beauty of the autopilot piece is your email is working for you 24 seven. So people are coming into my email list, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they're getting these automated welcome messages. They're getting whatever freebie I've offered them on platforms and things. They're getting that right away. And it's all happening while I'm on vacation or while I'm on a field trip with my daughter or while I'm sleeping at night and I can schedule out these emails. They can go out for me. Um, you know, it's, it's just simple. It's not this overwhelming thing. And it's kind of like getting back to the basics of running a really good business, which is building these connections outside of the noise and chaos of social media. I love that. I was just going to say the email for sure feels way more personal. And then if they do decide to go on a sales call with you, you've Mm -hmm. already built a little bit of that rapport. They're a little bit of a warmer lead than they normally would have been. I think that's genius. I love it. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing in your business right now? Um, for me right now, it's, there's a couple of things like personally, just my kids are getting a little bit older. They're about to be home for summer. Um, and just balancing that whole idea. And I don't like the word balance. I really don't, but trying to kind of find the harmony, as I like to say of how much time I'm spending in my business versus how much time I'm dedicating to my family. Um, you know, and, and I think that's a constant struggle. A lot of people have is just 
you know, how do you make time for all the things you want along with like how to actually have downtime in your life? Because when you work for yourself and you run your own business and you love what you do, I find that there are many nights where the kids have gone to bed and my husband and I are going to sit down and watch a show. And my instinct is to like reach for my phone or reach for my laptop and like, just get a couple things done. You know, I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to get a couple things done while we watch the show. And then my downtime is now turned into work time. So really kind of putting boundaries around having like a shutdown time of the day or having boundaries around like when I allow myself to work at night, I only do it for this amount of time or something like that. So having those personal boundaries is one thing I'm definitely kind of working on that I've struggled with in the past. And then I think the other thing right now is just scaling, you know, like, you know, what is it that I want to put my energy and effort into things have kind of gotten to where like they're running at a really good pace. And I have like a very steady clientele and I've kind of got systems in place. So how can I take that now and get out of my comfort zone of these are the things that are working and go into like, let's now push the boundaries and try to go to like the next level up. Mm -hmm. Try to do something new and something different. Yeah. Where it can go. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Do you have any ideas for what you're going to do to scale the business? Um, I think it's going to definitely include like adding some team members to do things. And I think I'm a big believer and I can only do so much of them in my business because I can't be an expert at all the things. And so looking to bring team members on that are experts in their areas of, of skill and then allowing that, which is difficult because I am someone who likes to have control. It's hard to hand that control As over. Most entrepreneurs are. <laughs> yes. And so that's definitely a big part of it is bringing people in that can help me in areas that I'm currently kind of not as skilled at or lacking in to help me to bring that up to the next pace. Oh yeah, absolutely. Delegating is such a crucial part to scaling up to the next level, hundred percent. And it's scary to invest in other people because then you're like, it's, you know, you're investing in someone that's going to take part of your business and run with it. And you're like, Oh, it's so hard to let go of that. Not only financially, but the control piece and so yeah, it's definitely going to be um, new and exciting, but also a little bit intimidating. Oh yeah, absolutely. But you got this. <laughs> Thank you. So let's go ahead and let's cover the podcast. What was the intention behind starting the podcast for one and two, what kinds of things do you talk about on it? Yeah. So the intention was originally just to take all the things that I found I was saying over and over and over again to people in my business that I was doing, whether it was on coaching calls or um, in, you know, workshops I was teaching and things and take them and give them to like out to the masses. And I honestly, my first episode, I, I don't know if you know much about the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram seven. So I'm the type that like I leap before I look like, I'm like, yeah, let's do this thing. And then we'll figure it out afterwards. And so like I, <laughs> and so I was like, I'm just going to record it and then I'll figure out what to do with it. And so I remember sitting in my closet, cause someone I had heard somewhere, you know, record in your closet. Cause the sounds better. I did not have a microphone. I literally just had like my eye, like Apple earbuds with the microphone and the notes app, like the voice recorder app, my phone. And I recorded my first episode. I think my first two episodes like that. And then I kind of was like, okay, now how do I get them out into the world? Um, But again, the attention was just, I want to help women who are in the same place that I was, which is I want time and financial freedom. I want to be able to set my own schedule and I want to be in control of my life. How can I help give them the tools that I didn't even know I didn't have at the time? How can I help them to kind of 
you know, take the steps two at a time versus one at a time with the information that I have being a couple steps ahead of them. And so that was the intention. It's evolved over the years. I've been doing this for four years now. And so it's evolved into a little bit more of a refined um, vision, which is helping like creatives who are, you know, more creatively minded, helping the moms who are trying to do all the things and be a good mom and be a good business owner. Um, And so balancing a little bit of like the business strategy with also the mindset and the productivity pieces and the idea of like, we can do all these things. We just have to have the tools. And so I want to give you the tools to do that. I love it. How do you feel that the podcast has helped your business? So, okay. First, I need to understand. So the podcast came before the actual coaching business, right? It did. I did it all backwards. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, so after, once you started that business, you know, I've already had this podcast. How did the podcast end up helping your business? Yeah. So it was kind of nice because I had built this audience with the podcast, not really me. I mean, I genuinely started it with the idea of, I'm just going to put this out there and see what happens. I didn't know anything about how to even like measure success of the podcast. Um, I was sharing it into my photography group. I was sharing it with on my Facebook page and I just kind of putting it out there and being like, if you want to listen, listen. And it started kind of getting traction. And so the great thing was I had built this audience around the podcast. So when I decided to launch the coaching business, I already had these people who were listening to the show. And so I could come on and talk about you know, like, okay, here's my episode. I I would record the episode and then I would go back in and kind of cut in like a little sort of mini advertisement, or I would naturally organically kind of lead where my conversation in the podcast was going into, if you want more of this kind of one-on-one personalized touch, here's how you can book a call, or here's where you can go to find more information. And so I was using it to share information and to educate my audience to kind of, you know, dangle the carrot a little bit. And then um, you know, say, Hey, if you want to go further, if, if you want more than what you're getting here, if you want more can you know, personalized help with your business, here's how you can get that. Um, but if you, and honestly, I don't even know if the first, I think when I switched podcast, ho- like hosting platforms, I lost my first like 10 episodes, my first like 10 to 20 episodes were literally just me giving value. It was like me educating, like the, the teacher and me just teaching to a classroom full of students. And then there was the shift of, I'm starting to turn this into a business. And so I'm going to now utilize this as a sort of lead magnet into the business that I'm having. And I, and how I, can I grow my sales with my digital products, with getting, building my email list and then selling my coaching product or sell coaching services as well. I love it. Yeah. Podcasts are great for leads. I love podcasts for that reason. Plus, I mean, they're just amazing for building credibility and authority and trust. You know, people get to listen to you and decide like, okay, is this a person that I vibe with? Do I want to work with her? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you've been doing it for four years now. Mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing now when it comes to growth? Um, I think it's just keeping things fresh and exciting. I do think that after a while you can kind of become complacent a little bit in the podcast and it starts to kind of sound the same every time. And so figuring out how to keep it exciting, how to keep people wanting to come back each week and listen. Um, I am also trying to tune into what does my audience really need from me right now? Um, And that's a little bit of a struggle too, because just getting people to really like give you feedback on something that they have free access to is a little bit of a challenge. (laughs) A lot of times they're just like, 
um, oh, I want more of this really generic thing. You're like, okay, I'm already doing that. I need more. Um, but just really tapping into what is it that they want? How can I create a show that's a little bit more unique and different than what everybody else is doing? Cause everybody, especially with the pandemic, everybody has a podcast now. Mm-hmm. So how can I keep mine exciting and something that people want to come back to every week and listen to. And so I've sort of changed the format up a little bit. I found that a lot of my audience, they are people, moms who are busy and they don't have, you know, an hour and 20 minutes to listen to an episode or for even 45 minutes sometimes. So keeping them shorter, I've cut them down to the majority of my episodes are now 20 to 30 minute episodes and they're solo. Um, and then once a month, I bring in a guest that I am being a little bit more strategic in who I have on the show as guests, um, the topics that I'm covering. Cause I have people pitching to me all the time and it's, you know, I have eight guests pitched to me the same exact topic. And I'm like, I don't need eight episodes on, you know, how to financially secure your business. So, um, just being more strategic in the content type, the content, um, how it's presented and then who I'm bringing in from the outside to help me kind of bolster my audience in a deeper, in a way that I can't always do just me as my own, my own host. Do you have any ideas for how you're going to spice things up? Um, no, actually I'm still kind of playing around with that. You know, I've taught, I've thought about the idea of doing like maybe some live coaching calls so that people kind of get yeah. to, to hear, like, not just me talking, but like, Hey, let me actually have someone come on that has a pretty, um, you know, general problem in their business and I can help them like live or, you know, live being like when I'm actually on the call with them, you know, work, walk through that process with them, um, making it a little bit more interactive in some way, as opposed to just passive, like turn this on and listen passively of me, like talking at you. I want it to be more talking with you. So trying to figure, figure out how to make it a little bit more, like bring the audience in as part of the show, as opposed to just like, me up on a stage talking to them in the audience. So I, a couple months back, I interviewed this guy who's got a podcast production agency. And I don't know if that's something that you'd be interested in or something that you think might be a good idea for you. But he said that he oftentimes will email the, he'll send an email to the subscriber saying, Hey, we're going to have this and this person on the show. What questions do you want me to ask them? So in that way, they're not directly giving you feedback, but they're still telling you what they want to hear about. Yeah. I love that idea. I think that's a a brilliant idea. And that's something that I, I need to be better at. That's one of the things that I, you know, at this point, after doing my podcast for four years, it is very much on autopilot. And it's become one of those things that like, I go in my office and I record my episodes and I kind of publish or schedule them and they just kind of go out and it's become almost too automated to where like, I need Mm -hmm. to get back into a more like active role in it as a more is supposed to like a passive role. And so thinking ahead and going, okay, next month, I'm going to be interviewing this person. They're talking about Pinterest strategy. What questions do you have? I think that's a brilliant idea. I need to start doing a little bit more of that. Yeah. All right. One last question. Tell me about your, I guess your favorite or best or whatever comes to mind. Favorite client win. Oh, okay. So my favorite client win was I had this photography client that I've been working with for a long time, kind of off and on. She would, you know, hire me to do like a three or four month coaching. And then we would take a break and come back. And she was one of those ones that was like, I am just like overwhelmed with, I've got young kids and all this kind of stuff. And she wasn't even really sure of like who she really wanted, what her identity as a business owner was. And so we'd been working for about a year 
with, you know, back and forth with her. And, um, she finally contacted me and she was like, okay, I have been like putting this off and putting this off and putting this off. I finally went through and did my ideal client kind of workbook that I go through with my clients. And she was like, I put the time in, I sat down and, and honestly, this is something I've been kind of like pushing on her for a while. And she was very resistant. She's like, no, no, no. I just like, I'm working with all the different people, blah, 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 fine, whatever. And she finally called me. She's like, I've done it. I did the work. It was this huge light bulb aha moment. And she's like, now I am able to, and she even showed me, she's like, I have all of these ideas of how I want to create content for this one person. And she'd given her a name and she'd like found a photo of a past client that she'd worked with. And she was like, this is kind of the client I, I want to be working with. And she was able to create blog posts and social posts that were very specific to this type of parent, this type of mom who she was hoping to attract. And she was like, I feel like the lights have finally turned on in my business. I finally feel like that I'm able to like have focus. And within the next six months, she was booked out for the entire year with clients that she actually really, really was excited to work with. And so being able to see her like have that moment, it was kind of like being back in the classroom when you have a student who's been struggling all year. And then they finally have that breakthrough. You're like, yes, like this is what we've been working so hard on. And just the fact that seeing her really get excited about her business again, because I was starting to see it wear on her, the burnout, the stress, the overwhelm. She was just like, I don't even know if this is what I want to do. I'm not enjoying it anymore. And to find, to see her have that joy in it again was just, uh, it's exactly like why I do what I do. Like it's all the frustration of like her being resistant for so long paid off when she had that moment of clarity. If only she had listened to you sooner. I know. <laughs> You know, it's again, it's kind of like going back to like my teaching days of like, I, you can't force it when they're ready to accept it and learn it. You just have to be there to kind of be patient with them and guide them through it as, as quickly as they want to get to their point. Yeah. But that's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. See, it's that's so why fun. Having, why identifying your ideal customer is so crucial. So yeah. you're not stretching yourself too thin and trying to cover all of the bases. Have one ideal customer. Yep. Exactly. Love it. Kendra, thank you so much for coming on. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah. So you can go to girlmeansbusiness.com. That's kind of my home base. So I have resources. Um, you can find out about the podcast there. You can get my contact form, reach out to me. And then you can always find me over on Instagram. That is my social media platform of choice. And I'm just at girlmeansbusiness over on Instagram. And you can shoot me a DM, say you heard about me here on the show and say hi. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out 
chart your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.